0: Joining us for further analysis and what's playing itself out on that market scene is Jakobus Brinker from the Schmidt family office. Jakobus, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Good
1: afternoon, always a pleasure to be on.
0: All right, Jakobus, let's start about the start to this week. Um, really, is red screens in Europe, red screens here at home, and a battering for our resources counters. What are market participants contemplating today?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously towards the end of last week we saw a massive rally in gold and oil, you know, and all of the developments in the Middle East. And I think um, you know, the fact that through some diplomacy, um, the US has sort of, you know, given or at least um, convinced Israel for now just to to hang tight with the the ground excursion. I think the market took that as a bit of a as a positive. Um, you know, there was obviously a lot of aging going on um into the weekend on Friday, so we has got gold was spiking oil was spiking you know no one really w- wanted to to come in on a monday morning and then all out war had broken out and then you know we, we just saw those prices skyrocketing so i think a lot of it this morning is a little bit of the unedging of those sort of war trades if you will um but yeah just the market in general you know i think markets globally are just taking a, a bit of a beating because we saw the u.s treasury yields jump again this morning um you know they reached five uh, percent um on friday falling back a little bit post some comments from from some of the fed reserve members um but yeah this morning up once again the, the 10 years above five percent um the 30 years above five percent you know so there's clearly clearly some concern around that um globally i think that's just sort of spilling over to, to a lot of the other markets as well
0: I'm actually keen to get your thoughts also on just the risk profile of the world Um, and if we are expecting that the remainder of 2023 will be characterized uh, by some just jitters from the markets. It's just very hard for us to place, uh, you know, uh, any certainty on anything. For instance, we've just uh, had this conversation about gold and oil. And I'm wondering if this could just be a theme for the remainder of 2023 and even well into 2024.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. You know, um, I, I don't want to be overly pessimistic about it, but you know, the the, the situation in the Middle East is currently is, is clearly a, a, a big risk um, globally, especially now. You know, we've we've seen um, Hezbollah starting to get involved, from, you know, on the Lebanon side, and that that obviously brings Iran firmly into the picture. You know, so um, and with the US obviously sending a lot of war carriers and everything into the Middle East, you know, is this now, you know? Moving into a U.S.-Iran proxy war almost. Um, you know, latest latest news is we're getting China is also sending some military fleet um, towards the Middle East. You know, so yeah, it's a it's obviously a very fluid situation um, at the moment. Um, we have seen some positives. You know, we have seen some releases of of some of the hostages out of Gaza by by us. Um But yeah, you know, it it to me it's sort of you know it's it, it's almost you like you're getting this idea that. Everyone's using this as an excuse to sort of get involved, and you know you don't want to you want to go on and necessarily just be the most pessimistic guy out there. But yeah, you know things aren't looking great, and the possibility is also that this war could carry on for for a number of months. You know, um, hopefully they with the diplomacy and everything get sort of a um, something going in the short term. But um, I wrote uh, read some some research pieces from some economists over the weekend, and you know some of them put put this thing. At, a six to twelve-month timeline, yeah. You know? So hopefully we can get a, a, a the situation sorted and sooner than that. But yeah, at the moment there's just a lot of a lot of um, uncertainty around. and I think you know. Part of that also is, as I mentioned earlier, the the, the bond market. You know, um, clearly there's been a a change, it structurally in the in the U.S. bond market. You know, you used to have guys like China, Saudi Arabia, large buyers of these bonds, um, and they've all started selling aggressively over the past number of months. Um, and other than that, all of this issuance that's going on um, to fund their fiscal deficit um, in the U.S. You know, that that's obviously also putting additional strain on on um, on on bond yields and 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 the problem is you know we're sort of moving into a unknown territory you know the last time these things traded at these levels were like 16 years ago so um so yeah i think just just all of those and then we've got earnings week kicked off last week um some of the, a few interesting results there. Netflix absolutely surprised on the upside, rallied quite oddly. Tesla was down, I think, about fifteen percent on, on very, um, very poor results. Um, and yeah, the, there's four of the magnificent seven reporting this week. You know, so I think all the eyes are going to be on those um, to, to sort of drive um, sentiment, at least in the U.S. stock market over the next few days.
0: We are also expecting some GDP for the third quarter coming out of the U.S., um, as well as some inflation data. Any expectations there, Jakobus?
1: Yeah, well, you know, the market um, is currently expecting you know a very strong GDP print um, out. Um, you know, a lot of it's got to do with the the, the net net imports number, uh, net exports number, sorry. Um, but um, yeah, so you know, that's that's obviously going to be an interesting to watch uh, one to watch. Um, other than that, you know, as you mentioned, we're getting um, interest rate decision from the ECB. Um, I think just maybe a comment on interest rate in general. You know, I think even if you look at the US um, inflation sorry inflation rates inflation rates have clearly remained very sticky um, on the upside and obviously with these moves in oil um, and a number of other commodities that were also shot up higher recently you know there there is a possibility that we actually could start see a, start, start to see a reacceleration in 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 inflation um in in the coming months um, and that could obviously put additional strain on the fed you know they they said that they remain data dependent but you know it's it's kind of a bit of a misnomer that because you 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 you, may, you remain dependent on data that's actually backward looking, you know. So it, a bit of a catch twenty two situation there. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be a, a, a very interesting week, just all around geopolitics, you know, earnings, GDP numbers, interest rate decisions. So yeah, a lot lot going on week.
0: It is also a quiet week here at home, but we are expecting PPI uh, to come out. I'm wondering if you have any expectations of that. Of course, we did see uh, CPI a little bit more elevated than what we'd like.
1: Yeah, you know, if you just sort of take the global trends, I think the PPI could also, you know, t- tend to sometimes lead CPI a little bit. Um, so you know, wouldn't be surprised if we might get a print a little bit higher than expected. Um, and but definitely a, a load up a little bit from from the previous print. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, I think up until now, you know, we've been fairly fairly aggressive in, in our rate hiking cycle as well. Um, you know, more hesitant to pause than countries like the US or, or the EU. So I think, you know, um, South Africa's got a good grip on its inflation story. You know, the, the, obviously the, the, the wild card now is what's going to happen in the Middle East and how's that going to drive things like oil, et cetera, you know, and food, food prices again, possibly.
0: Well, I'm keen to get your stock picking at Jeff, but first uh, let's uh, reflect on counters that have found favour with your industry peers
1: gold acts as a safe haven asset in times of geopolitical turmoil but with a slight lag after the russian invasion of ukraine it took gold 13 days to run up 7.21 percent and post the 9 11 terrorist attacks it took gold 18 days to appreciate by 7.1 percent as of today the gold price has already spiked over eight
2: percent since the 7th of october hamas attacks on israel
1: and i realize that goldfields is up more than 30 percent month to date but uh, this is really a
2: leveraged play on the gold price, and the share is still 18% below its 52-week high. United Health, which is American listed, if not the biggest, probably one of the biggest worldwide healthcare providers, um, um, diverse range of services from from you know delivering your pharmaceuticals to um, administration of benefits. Um, apart from the fact that historically they've got a great return on equity, a very convincing um, earnings history, very well managed. The what interests me is the effect that um, the development of AI is going to have on them. And I'm not talking large language models. I'm talking AI in the sense of um, you know, minimizing their Bureaucracy, because that's that's what AI is. It's efficiency and productivity, and minimizing bureaucracy. Um, uh, learning from past mistakes, as far as underwriting is concerned, and, and more interesting, the technology-wise, in the field of some uh, things like robotic surgery, for example. It's a, it's a. It's something positive that hasn't come through yet. And I think if it does, and I, and I suspect it will, it could change the earnings profile of that company. Counter I think for today, my surprise, quite a few, is pick and pay. Okay. It's down almost 60% year to date. Sure. At a 12 billion market cap, it trades at less than 10% of shop market cap. They have a new CEO, Sean Summers, on board. He used to be the CEO of the group and then um, left like, um, almost two decades ago, um, a lot of work on his hand. Um, he's reviewing the strategy. I know markets probably fl- feeling that um, he's got a lot in his hands, but for those who are patient, I think it's a, a deep value opportunity from a from a fallen giant.
0: All right, you? is keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. We have Goldfields, uh, Pick and Pay, and United
2: Health.
1: No, no, all of them very interesting indeed. Um, Maybe starting off with with goldfields. You know, I think goldfields just purely as a, a gold play um obviously a, a war hedge um, makes sense um you know it's it's been a volatile one um, i think they were if you just look from year to date from the low um they were up about 100 percent then it pulled back another 45 percent and i think it's a 35 percent up you know just just on a month to date basis as also a volatile one but i definitely you know makes sense that you know if if, if you want to get get some war hedges there in, in your portfolio makes sense um you pick and pay you no, i must agree with with patrice you know they've had a, a really bad run of late down 60 percent odd you know year to date um there obviously you know were some changes with with uh, the passing of raymond ackerman but the sean Summers coming in you know he's been there um you know there's such a big discount between them and Shoprite at this stage and you know just from my point of view i still would prefer Shoprite over pick and can play but definitely starting to look very interesting at these levels you know from a from a pure value point of view um and then yeah united health um you know also a very very interesting one they released earnings um, last week i think um revenue was up uh you know great earnings per share everything was looking good it's especially interesting the um the, the, the AI play to, uh, in that, you know, is actually more so pure AI play as opposed to a lot of these speculative things that, that we've we've heard of, you know, since the beginning of the year. Um, but the thing is, you know, it's um, it's trading at very elevated elevated valuations. You know, the company's share price has been a continued rise for the past number of months um, and years even. Um, so, you know, whether there are a lot that's already priced in there remains to be seen, but still a, a very interesting one indeed.
0: Well, you as going which counter you're going with today.
1: No, I, I was sort of battling between are we going with cash or are we just going <laughs> to try and getting some commodities exposures? So I ended up going for for a commodity exposure, so I just went for the ISA's um, GSCI Commodity Roll Strategy ETF. It is a um, fairly broad uh, a commodity index that it, um, that it tracks. Um, obviously, as most of these industries are, you know, it's, it's fairly do- dominated by, by oil, um, but it is a very broad sort of diversified set that you get access to. Um and the way that they actually manage it, you know, with with some of the the way that these futures curves and the commodity markets do trade sometimes, you know, you do actually can make the loss if of some backwardation versus um <clears throat> just a, a normal upper sloping curve. So um these guys manage it quite intelligently as well. And um I think yeah just for a a, a sort of a real asset hedge, I think it's it's one to one to look at.
0: Well, Jacobus, thank you so much for starting the week off for us. Have a great one further. And that was your Midday Markets Update with Jacobus Brink from the Schmidt Family Office.